Yo, sorry, just was grabbing my earbuds. <laughs> oh, I thought you were gonna make like a surprise appearance or something. No, no, I was just grabbing my ear, my little headphones. Uh, how's it going? This is the first time I've seen you in the same week in ages. Oh, hello. Hey. Hey. Uh, how you been? This is the first time I've seen you in the same week in ages, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Yep. This is, I guess, what we're everyone does now. So, <laughs> pretty, pretty much. He's got, a, he's got a bad wound, dude. Yeah, I'm just gonna go out of my. I'm uh, co-working right now with the with a, uh, the colleague. So. Uh, okay. Well, while Timber relocates, welcome everybody to episode 32. Today I'm going to be joined by Timmer. Timmer is a town buyer over Emergy, and he's also a part of the recently launched. Support Canadian Venues Movement. We're going to talk about all that kind of stuff. Timmer, thanks for taking the time to join me today. Yeah, for sure. No I'm stuck on the planet Earth says, get back to work, Timmer. <laughs> yeah, I, I always troll them during their uh, their live streams. So I, uh, I'm i just, uh, I guess this is a taste of my own medicine. So. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> so, Timmer, why don't you give like a little brief summary of who you are, what you do, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, I work for MRG out in Calgary. Um, we're basically like a national concert brand. Uh, have offices in Victoria, Vancouver, Calgary, obviously, uh, Winnipeg, Toronto, and uh, yeah. Uh, you did and, mention uh, uh, yearly last week's furniture and fantasy hockey. Uh, Is this going to be Brand, Brandon, Brandon Kennedy? Brandon Kennedy has one good year in fantasy hockey, and we can't. We just can't hear, uh, stop hearing about it, so. Oh, God. This is just going to be a troll for all the times you've trolled people over the years, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, it's a taste of my own medicine, so, I mean, it's totally, that's totally chill. So. Absolutely. I, I guess I deserve it in a roundabout way, so. But, in a roundabout way. So, Timber, what, what's been, like, a career highlight for everything you've done thus far with, like, MRG, or whether it would be something else you're involved with? Uh, I didn't book it, but I think the highlight for me was, uh, against me at the Oshawa Music Hall, because I know this is where the conversation is going anyway, but um, yeah, the, uh, that was a pretty cool feeling. I think that's probably, I don't even have to even think about it. That was probably the best experience I, in terms of, uh, you know, kind of connecting to parts of my uh, music history, I guess, or my, my come up. Uh, yeah, specifically, you know, being in high school, listening to Against Me, and then seeing them in my you know, in my parental hometown, we'll call it. So, yeah, that was, <laughs> that was, a, that was pretty rad. Show. Phenomenal yeah. show. I didn't book it, but my boss booked that one. But, uh, yeah, it was it was pretty rad, all things considered. So, um, and then, yeah, obviously, like, moving out to um, Calgary was a an interesting change of pace. Having lived in Toronto uh, most of my life, um, or near Toronto most of my life, so... Yeah, obviously seeing a different perspective and a different worldview, I guess, on, on uh, you know, how things are kind of done here uh, was pretty cool. Meeting a bunch of new people, uh, meeting a bunch of new like, industry people, working with a bunch of uh, organizations that obviously I wouldn't have had access to in southern Ontario. Um, it's kind of give, opened up like the worldview a bit uh, as to like what touring can and should look like. Uh, in different parts of the country so that was pretty pretty neat so but obviously you know you miss a bunch of people back home like uh freddie from queen elizabeth who's posting on this and kenny who just joined and 
uh, unfortunately, those suck on planet Earth guys. <laughs> so, so I'm curious, how different is the live scene out in Calgary, Alberta area versus Southern Ontario? Um, I don't think it's I don't think it's uh, any different. It's mostly just like the population density and the the taste the taste is a bit different. Um, obviously, you know Toronto being the like cultural hub uh, that that it is. Um, you know you have end with like the 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 I guess like the pack togetherness of all the venues. Um, you know, it, it, in in a in a in an interesting way, obviously. Calgary, Calgary, and Alberta, and the West Coast is a bit more spread out. Um, but yeah, generally speaking, it's yeah, just it's just the tastes are a bit different. You know, some some of the heavier stuff uh, does a bit better. I think there's definitely a need to focus on more like diverse voices and uh, and genres. Uh, and I think there's a lot of companies, you know, from you know like Night Shift in Edmonton. Uh, that are doing a lot in like the rap and hip hop space uh, to, you know, to us, to Blueprint, to Live Nation, all kind of investing in different types of genres, um, to, you know, to go alongside what's already really established here. Like, you know, your folk music, your your metal, your punk, your hardcore, all that. So, I mean, yeah, it's just, you know, there's a bunch of, you know, really good companies doing a lot of really good work out here. And, you know, it's obviously, it's like a, a, an underserved, I would argue market for, for some genres and, you know, it's, it's, it's cool being a part of some stuff that, you know, you wouldn't think would necessarily uh, come to Alberta in a, in high volume from time to time, obviously. No, absolutely. Uh, how did you get involved in the issue? I've never actually asked you this. How did your industry history? I know it's kind of a big question. <laughs> begin. Uh, in grade 10, I started going to a small venue in Oshawa called the dungeon. Um, and uh yeah i just went to shows with some friends did uh you know started getting involved my buddy joe clancy uh hilariously who became the manager of one of the venues that i booked for uh in toronto uh in a weird way like you know 15 years later but uh yeah in in oshawa i uh started going to shows and my buddy joe's doing doing shows so i ended up like working box office and there's a ska festival that he did and I, I worked as a runner on it. Um, and then, yeah, just like I, I, you know, caught that bug. There was people, uh, you know, pretty transformative people in that city that, you know, kind of opened my eyes to what was possible. Uh, you know, Lisa at the Velvet Elvis was one of them. Uh, and then Al Cole, who obviously, you know, recently passed away, um, who, you know, uh, who, you know, were pretty big uh, in inspirations for me. Uh, Al used to actually work at the high school that I went to. So he'd always give me these, like, these, like, records of, like, you know, often forgot about Canadian bands. And, uh, yeah, you know, got me into a bunch of different sounds and different genres at the time. Told me to go to Star Records, went there. And then I had a decision to make when I was... Uh, when I was started to go to university and uh, yeah, basically uh, yeah, I had to choose between Guelph university and Brock and in St. Catharines. And uh, I, you know, there's something, something called me to St. Catharines. I can't really pinpoint what it was, but I went there, I moved there and with the intention of, you know, there was a pretty vibrant, uh, 
cultural, I guess, like sector in that sense. Uh, and uh, yeah, moved there. As soon as I moved there, like the big promoter in town, which was Joel at Dynalone, um, or what became Dynalone and Bedlam Music Management, etc. They moved out to Toronto. So I got really, I got really actually hilarious. I got really angry about my decision for the first like two and a half, three years. Um, and I was, you know, kind of a bit of a troll on the internet um, to like other people working on stuff. And then uh, another promoter basically called me out, the one that I was trolling and uh, called me out on, uh, well, we were playing Halo one day on Xbox and uh and he was like, you know, if you're, you know, if you, if you're so angry about it and so angry about how I operate, maybe you should go do something about it. And so, uh, at the time I was going to a lot of like punk and hardcore shows that were organized by, uh, a guy named Shane, uh, in town, uh, or in the, I guess in the, in the region. And, uh, we basically just had a quick conversation and a few of us kind of rallied together. We rented out a storefront at 73 St. Paul, um, and we, I, I don't know if I should have this recorded, but uh, <laughs> I know you're recording, but uh, we, we basically, uh, without insurance, without proper zoning and without any uh, consideration for public health or safety, uh, <laughs> we, we, we rented this storefront and went to Long and McQuaid and bought a PA and uh, we put the, plugged the PA in and basically we were like, hey, bands come play. We did that for about a year. We were involved in the Scene Music Festival, which was a really rad festival that Joel from Dynalone and Steve Stumble and Jen Anderson were all involved in. Um, and uh, yeah, we 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 became uh, you know for whatever it was like uh, like a like a center for DIY artists touring through Niagara, and we did a lot of outreach in the states to try to get American bands in. I met a bunch of people that I still talk to at this time. Um, and then, yeah, the city actually, uh, the fire department actually showed up because we, I, I, I want to say it was abandoned all ships played and they brought in like a fog machine and it looked like there was a fire in like a storefront. And the, the next day the fire department and zoning and everyone showed up and they were like, you got to stop what you're doing. And, uh, word kind of got out, uh, to the city side of things that, you know, we were doing something highly illegal and, um, and so we obviously we we weren't expecting to shut down, and then a venue called the Mansion House, uh, which is on William Street in St. Catharines, basically heard that we were getting shut down because a lot of people would go there to drink because we were a dry space. We wouldn't allow alcohol, and we would kick people out if they brought in alcohol because we were trying to be a very like accessible, safe kind of space. Um, we did work with the the Ontario Public Interest Futures Group, which was like a social justice uh, collective at Brock, and they would rent it during the day. So they help pay our rent um, and they would just have like an info space with, you know, um, food, not bombs was run out of there, all that kind of stuff. But anyway, we got shut down by the city, moved all of our stuff to Mansion House, was there for three years. And then uh, I personally had a bit of a falling out with the owners, um, which, uh, yeah, it was it was what it was. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we opened up Detour, my, my partner and I, Eric Dixon. Um, opened up Detour and then was doing that for two years and then I moved to MRG and then Eric continued the company we started together which is Indoor Shoes. Uh, that company still exists um, and that company kind of morphed into what Warehouse is uh, in St. Catharines. So yeah, Eric comes from that same 
lineage, I guess, of 73 into Manchinos. Um, and then, yeah, we, Eric just kind of, yeah, opened up that spot and it was good to go. And obviously it's been like a pretty important space in that city. Uh, and then, yeah, in 2015, I, uh, somehow fell backwards into a job at a great company called MRG that I'm grateful to be at. Um, and, uh, yeah, we, we kind of hit the ground running. Uh, Justin came over from Union Events, which was like the people behind Riot Fest and all that. And we had we got a buyer out west in uh, Calgary that came as well. Um, and yeah, the marketing team as well came over from Union Events, like the club side. And uh, yeah, it was just super, super cool. Like about four months into my job at MRG. And then, uh, yeah, now we're booking a lot of tours out west. And then, yeah, two years ago, I got asked, uh, as Josh was leaving, who was the buyer in Calgary, uh, if I wanted to, uh, you know, move out here and, uh, you know, make a run for it uh, with, like, what he helped build in this market. And, uh, yeah, two years later, I'm still here. So, that, I mean, that's a hell of a story from uh, beginning, from starting at the dungeon, coming all the way to ending up in Calgary, like. Did, yeah, did started like, from started started from the bottom. And, started uh, <laughs> started as a door guy, and now we're here. <laughs> uh, well, Oshawa certainly is the bottom at this point. Uh, it's, uh, it's not. Oshawa's a Oshawa's a great city. People people are very self defeating in Oshawa, but it, generally speaking, is a is a wonderful city. It's just uh, there's been a history of uh, the venues obviously shutting down, etc. And people, like I mentioned on Monday, like on that Oshawa Music Hall call, it's like perhaps this will be like an eye opener for the people in Oshawa in in the arts and culture that they have, sorry, they have to support the arts and culture sector a bit more as a city and as a population. But um, yeah, you know, there's people, there's, there's always, the reality is, is like, no matter what, no matter what a city goes through or what, what venues closing down or promoters stopping doing shows, there's always someone that's going to pick up that baton and run with it. And it's, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, you just have to support the people who are putting their, their necks out. And, you know, hopefully, you know, like I mentioned on Monday, people like Ed and Maggie will, will rebound tenfold from uh, what, what obviously they went through uh, with the music hall. But, you know, there was, a, there was a time in St. Catharines where, you know, a city that's known for its, like, live sector that, uh, you know, they didn't really have a venue um, or the venues they did have were, you know, um, you know, not, not at, at peak capacity kind of thing, right? Where, like, people weren't, obviously... Yeah, I mean, like, no matter what, there's always going to be someone there. There's always going to be, uh, you know, the baton being carried by someone. And uh, it's just a matter of, you know, supporting those people who are investing their time and efforts into the arts, whether that's for-profit or not-for-profit, or, you know, uh, doing something unique and, you know, amplifying voices that might not have the ability to be amplified. And, you know, I think that's why, you know, you're seeing a pretty big push right now with these venues, you know, the support outcry for a lot of these venues. And it's, yeah, it's like, you know, these, these venues do provide a stage for different voices from all walks of life. And, you know, to lose any of them is, 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 a, is a problem for any city, you know. Um, so, I don't know, as a, you know, to touch on the CIBC, <laughs> I'm going to make t-shirts that's like the CIBC logo, but, you know. Just, yeah, just parody laws, but um, but no, yeah, the uh, yeah with the with what we're doing with the you know the support the uh, you know or the Canadian uh, stages and all that. Um, 
you know, obviously we're just trying to connect those dots between venues and make sure that we're all kind of on the same page, uh, working together and, you know, things that are working in Victoria, hopefully we'll start working for venues in, you know, Halifax and working, then working for venues in Hamilton or St. Catharines or Toronto. And, but it's a pretty, it's a pretty, it's a pretty unique, uh, feeling because it's, you know, all these venues are, you know, working together for the first time. Some of them never even talked. And it's just really exciting to see, you know, someone like Tyson in Edmonton, you know, being in direct conversation with like, you know, the people at the Garrison or the Baby G or, you know, the Horseshoe or what have you, whatever it is. Um, it's cool to see, you know, sharing ideas and sharing what's working and, you know, yeah, it's just, you, you know, you you wouldn't normally have that. So I think like there's one positive to come out of it. It's that, so. Yeah, well, speaking of that movement, like you guys just launched it recently, like uh, just for the people that don't really understand what the reality realities the industry could face, like what are some of those realities? Well, it's just the direct realities is that the venues are going to shut down. So, and that's that's what I, you know, kind of was mentioning. It's, you know, losing those venues is by no means a, a good thing <laughs> for any city. Um, the, the, the issue currently is you know i and i'm uh, someone in the chat please correct me if i'm wrong <laughs> if you know more about this but the from what we're seeing um on on our end is that there is like the the heritage funding that got announced was in fact um you know it, it, there there is like an allocation there's like an earmarked amount of money that's meant to go to um specific uh industries uh, but a lot of the for-profit, and I know that's like to some people a bit of a dirty word, but the non-not-for-profits, we'll call them, uh, the ones that just kind of, you know, like which is like the predominantly most of the independent venues are are are, are in fact not not-for-profit. Uh, or sorry, yeah, so yeah, they're, they're for-profit enterprises. Uh, a lot of the funding and support from government bodies doesn't exist because they're not tied into that in Canada. So obviously, you know, compared to like what's happening in the States with Neva, we do have a bit more support in terms of like the rental subsidy and the wage subsidy and stuff like that. So there's a bit more breathing room uh, to keep people on and there's less layoffs in, in the sector. But um, the specifically speaking, any sort of uh, assistance or funding doesn't really exist for uh, for-profit enterprises. So, you know, someone like Ed and Maggie in Oshawa or Eric in St. Catharines or, you know, Sean at the Garrison might not have direct access to any sort of funding or, uh, or the like. So it's, it's one of those situations where it's like, you know, we're, we're obviously not looped into those conversations with the funding bodies to begin with. And because of that, we're starting from a bit of a disadvantage when the funding does get announced for the sector, because to some, you know, MLAs or MPs or MPPs, uh, they, they have no idea what our model is. They just assume that because we're in the arts, we're not for profit. Right. And that's come up in, in calls with, you know, even in Alberta, there's, there's been calls where, you know, they're like, Oh, you're a live music venue. I thought, you know, you guys were, you know, or like, They'll be like, yeah, our venue's in trouble, our concert venue's in trouble. And like, well, you guys are technically uh, a bar, right? And it's like, yeah, and yeah, bars open and close all the time. Or like, oh, you're a restaurant because you serve food. It's like, sure, but there still needs to be 
some sort of help, right? And a lot of these people are not landlords, they're, they're renting. And, you know, it's, it, the, there's a bit of a discrepancy or like not a discrepancy, but a bit of a, a bit of a, uh, you know, leak there where it's like, you know, the landlords have to apply for the, the subsidy on the rental. And it's like, they, it's up to them to decide to do so. Um, and they could just not, if they don't feel like it. So, you know, some of these venues are, you know, between a rock and a hard place where they're not getting any help from their landlords. Not, and the only thing they're really getting is in fact the wage subsidy. Right. So like, how are you supposed to pay your, you know, five to $15,000 rent per month. Right. And it's like, that's a, that's a real question. Right. So it's like, you know, is, is the Canadian stages stuff gonna, you know, solve everything? Probably not. But like, if it helps stop the bleeding a bit, I think it's done its job in a roundabout way. So no, and that's and that's honestly absolutely the reality is a lot of these politicians, all these political figures don't recognize the difference between a regular non-for-profit art space and a live music venue that is not non-for-profit. And well, yeah, well, the argument, the argument is, is like, it does, you know, we'll use, we'll use, you know, the, the horseshoe as an example, which is a for-profit enterprise. I'm not trying to talk on a competitor's business, but, you know, to argue that, the horseshoe is not a cultural mecca would be like an asinine thing to say, mm-hmm. right? To argue that the garrison is not uh, is this, is within the same category is, is an asinine thing to say. To say that the Commodore ballroom is not, you know, I'm not I'm trying not to use MRG venues here in my conversation, but, uh, you know, it's it's like, yeah, like to, to argue that these spaces don't have a, a giant financial impact when they're running at full capacity is, is, is a very short-sighted thing to say, right? And you know, uh, are cities or music communities better off with or without them? And it's like, if, if they're, they're better off with them, then let's do everything we can in our power to, you know, uh, amplify their voices. And I think that's where that kind of, you know, and it's like the thing is like the Canadian Line Music Association here and Benjamin have done a really good job like advocating on behalf of the sector. And they've, you know, they're updating people pretty much daily as to what like the federal and provincial governments are saying. And hopefully, you know, within the next couple weeks, there's going to be a, a real conversation about, um, you know, how, how, what that funding looks like and eligibility and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, like the thing is like, you know, obviously given the current circumstances there, you know, with what's going on on social media currently, you know, it was, it was, we were trying to be extremely uh, cognizant and aware of, you know, what, what it looked like that we were announcing this past Monday. And there was a lot of really good conversations with different people uh, and, you know, different communities to make sure that we weren't being insensitive to some of the, you know, the, the efforts online of, of, you know, Black Lives Matter and, uh, you know, the, what, what's, what's exactly going on in like the, like the BIPOC kind of space. So, um, yeah, we want to make sure that we're not, you know, muffling those voices and making sure that, you know, and, but at the same time, we're, you know, we're, we're not, yeah, we just have to be very careful and we just have to make sure. That, and that's, I think that's why there wasn't a, a funding model attached to what we were doing, because obviously we want to make sure that those, those groups and organizations are, are, are getting the most of the attention right now. But at the same time, the ocean culture sector is, is in fact, you know, potentially in a bit of trouble. So, um, but not to take away from that conversation at all. So, absolutely. I, I before uh, we wrap up, I really wanted to pick your brain on some of these 
more not newer but these these introduced concepts for what the live sector could be including like the drive-in concerts live streaming concerts like do you think that that stuff's really gonna develop into something? I, I think i think i think live streams here to stay um i think uh i think it's a great idea like you look at what dan's doing like dan mangan and a bunch of other artists there's a there's a whole a whole whack of, of artists doing a lot of really cool things and artist interaction etc said the whale is another good one of those um at least from the ones i've watched sorry <laughs> i've watched dan mangan and said the whale one so um but yeah i mean you know there's there's definitely a lot of cool things that are that are happening in that space and i think like people are just kind of understanding the platform a bit better and it's you know the, the reality is, is some artists are still doing just the instagram live like we're doing and you know the idea of paywalling is a bit difficult um for something that you've already been doing for free but i think there's a there's an argument to be made that the you know like geofencing and you know geo targeting ads and having that kind of approach to the video content is, is a really cool idea um in terms of the driving um yeah i mean like generally i think it's a good idea i mean like i i love going to shows uh I think there's a, fi- a bit of a financial barrier to it with like, you have to have a car. So it's like from an accessibility standpoint to the general public, like you're kind of, you know, there's a class division <laughs> within that. So, I mean, in that sense, I mean, like it's, it's a, it's a, the idea is great. And if you can use that platform to amplify the voice of an artist or a certain community, that's great. Um, I don't like the finances are a little tough on that. So, I mean, generally, um, generally speaking, yeah, it's like, you know, how many cars can you place in and how are you charging that? Like, there's a lot of questions to be had on that. And I know, like, July Talk's doing one out, out east, and there's uh, some, like, a country artist doing it out near Edmonton, and those are cool. Um, yeah, but, like, obviously, yeah, this obviously comes down to money, it comes down to corporate sponsorship, it comes down to, like, the physical space itself, public health and safety. There's so many varying factors um but yeah the i think i think the live stream part is is great um especially if artists can start you know creating like yeah like it's a pay paywall kind of a model um but you know i don't think it's ever gonna like i think it's great and i think it's super important and it's keeping artists engaged with their fans and that's really really important uh and it's and it's great to see it uh with you know the the litany of, of artists that are that are currently, you know, putting that together. Um, but like, I think the the issue is is like the I guess like the I was talking to someone about it here in Calgary, and it's like the, you know, when you go to a show, right? It's you're not going because you're gonna hear something new. You're going because you know what you're gonna listen to, right? But it's like the actual experience of being in like a room full of people uh and like singing along to that like that it's almost like a tribal element <laughs> you know like it's like you're like like a herd element of like hey here's a bunch of like-minded people in a room together and we're you know we are we're all in on this you know it's like our little secret in this city and you know you have yeah you you it's like the it's like the physical embodiment of that experience that like why people go to shows right and I think there's certain artists that are doing the live stream and they're doing that kind of approach extremely well. Um, it's, it's not obviously the same as being beside someone, but um, 
but at the same time, there is like, you know, like that, that audience kind of interaction that, you know, that connection that you make with the artist directly. I think, I think, I think like the, these paid streams are, are definitely knocking down that wall. So you almost have like a more direct, you know, because you can ask the artist questions, right? In the chat, you can, you, and he'll answer them or she'll answer them or they'll answer them, you know? And it's, it's it, that from that element, it's, it's really cool to, to see that. But obviously, you know, it, I think, I think people are a bit cooped up and want to want to go to a live show. Um, this way is in Alberta. They've announced, uh, they've announced, uh, that you can do instrumental shows now, which is like super funny. <laughs> so I don't know what that means. It came out yesterday, but by Friday, apparently the, 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 the story goes that you can, uh, you can host with with so with restrictions. Obviously, you can host an instrumental show. So I guess singing is canceled in 2020. <laughs> uh, but um, but yeah. So I'm just trying to like get like I'm just like racking my brain trying to find like Canadian bands that don't have any vocals. So um, maybe we, maybe we get maybe I'll ask like Crownlands or something to just like riff on stage for 45 minutes and we'll do a show. <laughs> They'll do it for two hours. They will. <laughs> Yeah, they're like they're like the Oshawa riff gods. It's great. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, but no, yeah. I mean, like, there's yeah, there's obviously like it's, I think they obviously meant like orchestral kind of shows are allowed. And um, but yeah, I'm I'm gonna go see uh, a movie as soon as the theaters open. That's my favorite thing to do. Um, but yeah, I mean, generally, yeah, I just think like yeah, obviously things are slowly starting to open up out west. Um, but yeah, hopefully the borders will open soon by the end of the year, let's hope. Uh, and, you know, we can get back to, you know, providing those, like, those experiences to to, to artists and like, you know, or in conjunction with those artists, providing those experiences to the fans. So, um, and it's, yeah, but it's like, like I said on Monday, it's, uh, you know, sacrificing public health safety is not, I don't think anything, anyone's really interested just yet in doing that until there's a bit more, you know, uh, clarity to the conversation but uh in the meantime i think yeah i think the live stream thing is is fantastic and uh i think dan dan mangan's doing a doing a heck of a great job with that so and it's uh, i know like i'm saying that we're involved uh with some of the promoting of of those live streams so i'm you know it's kind of a bit self-serving in that regard but uh you know having having sat in on them uh they're extremely well done and well curated as like you know like an objective kind of look on it and i think you know, having that, yeah, I think people miss right now that, that direct interaction with, with larger groups of people. And um, I think that's, I think it's, it's, it's a good, it's a positive, uh, if anything, those positives come out of it is like, there is like a direct line to these artists now. And these artists are really investing in their fans and, you know, spending that time, you know, and then their fans are investing in them and like, you know, money's tight, right? So it's like, it's cool to see certain artists, you know, jumping in um, and, and starting to do that. And I, I know the fans are definitely appreciating that. The drive-in thing is like, I hope I hope it takes off and I hope for the people who are investing in it, uh, it takes off. Um, but yeah, I think it, it's ne neither will ever replace the experience of, of a live show, but they're good uh, interim kind of stuff. But the live stream model is, is very smart. So, and I think like, it will be really interesting to see if, I think you mentioned this on one of your previous conversations. I forget who it was with. I was watching it. Um, 
and there was like a conversation about like having a show that was like a reduced capacity and then selling the rest of the tickets online yeah and like streaming online i think that's a really interesting thing and i'm gonna i want to see if that becomes a thing down the road where you know you have a sold out show even at full capacity and then you can sell additional tickets to like a live stream because some of these venues will have the ability to do so mm-hmm. um so it'll be really interesting to see how that all works out um uh but yeah it's uh we'll we'll see we'll see we'll we just have to you know support each other and support the people you know trying to uh trying to get get through this you know and just you know be there for the venues be there for the promoters be there for the artists especially um and yeah hopefully we come back stronger uh, and i believe we will so uh last couple of questions what 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 are you going to be up to for the next bit of quarantine me personally yeah what are you going to be up to oh i don't know making pizza i don't know <laughs> you know like rome rome wasn't built in a day you know this is this is years of hard work and uh but i don't know um you know yeah i'm i'm still obviously going into work i'm still doing a lot of that so that's taking up a lot of my time um as lauren mentioned who's one of my coworkers um growing that stash uh you know i've been trying to think i'm thinking about getting into like the the beard oils and stuff but i'm like no. i don't really know what any of that's going to accomplish um yeah, some some can stimulate the follicles and some are yeah, just for yeah. general smell. <laughs> uh yeah brandon kennedy saying get off nhl 18 and buy nhl 20 um I like having Henrik Zetterberg on my team, so uh that's why I'm keeping NHL 18. Um also uh Leafs are trash. I'm just going to say that. So. Uh. <laughs> um call me call me when you get out of the first round. Nah. Um <laughs> Uh, but you know, uh, I'm 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 just I'm just waiting for the Raptors to come back because mm. they're going to run it back this year. They're going to go back to back champions. Uh they're uh yeah, Brandon Brandon fell off that bandwagon after they won the championship. So um you know, I uh oh yeah, and go Habs. Yeah, I'd ra- I'd much rather be a Montreal Canadiens fan than a Leafs fan. <laughs> um <laughs> Actually, I I was like I'm like I'm a Hawks fan through and through. So um but uh yeah, um <laughs> Brad Kelly still on. Yeah, well. Um yeah, Brandon, you you make fun of my fantasy hockey team, but uh let me know when your team makes it out of the first round. So just 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 there it is. So um yeah, ED ED still has your number, Brandon Kennedy, just for the record. So yeah. um but no, I mean generally I'm just yeah, just trying to uh yeah, just so, yeah, just be there as a as a resource if people need to talk. Um PC <laughs> would um, be there for, you know, the people we work with and the people we have relationships with uh, on a on a arts and culture like sector. Um there's you know, a lot of really good people doing a lot of really good things, a lot of good funds out there, there's a lot of venues that obviously need support. Um it's not really about you know, me or MRG or this specific values about the combined efforts of an entire industry kind of rallying together right now um and just you know kind of being there and sharing resources so i mean generally yeah if if i had anything any requests of anyone watching this is 
just uh, yeah, support support anything you can right now that you feel comfortable doing so. Um, all everything that's happening is super important. Um, and yeah, hopefully we'll all come back ten times stronger. So. All right, I'm going to ask you a question that a lot of the guests that I ask this question end up giving about double or triple the number I ask. So what were three acts that people should check out? Oh, my God. You're killing me. Uh, active or inactive? Your call. Dude, you can't put me on the spot. If I, if I say someone, uh, <laughs> shit, man. Um, Uh, look, okay, we'll say, uh, I'm going to just say under the radar and then on the radar. How about that? Sure. So, <laughs> this is so tough. Um, oh, my God, Lauren against me. Uh, we'll start with on the radar. Uh, three favorites. Uh, Pop, mm. 100%. Uh, great band, great dudes. Uh, Tribe Call Quest, because that's all I listen to. Um, and then we'll go with Daniel Romano, a little mm-hmm. hometown pride. Um, and you know, that includes like the ancient shapes, etc., all that mm-hmm. stuff. Um, all, yeah, his, he's been putting out a record a week. It feels like for the last like two months and then, um, under the radar, Havaya Mighty mm-hmm. would definitely recommend, uh, listening to Havaya Mighty. Uh, yeah, super good. Um, I'm going to pick one from Alberta. Uh, I would listen to, uh, San Arnaud, who are a band from Edmonton who are really good. Um, yeah, just like a solo folk singer songwriter thing. Um, he's really good. And then, uh, under the radar, third one, so many offers, like there's like running through my mind. Uh, Hannah George is released. I heard is releasing a new record soon. So. Uh, I was able to see her live before quarantine, and I thought it was extremely uh, well executed uh, live. Uh, I'm looking forward to hearing uh, what th- that record sounds like. Uh, I think I think the record's still coming out. I, I don't know. Uh, oh, and then my boy Moraine, under the radar, right there. He just joined. He's one of the nicest people in Edmonton, so I'm giving him a shout-out, a personal shout-out. I met him at Breakout West this year, and he's salt of the earth, so... <laughs> Um, so yeah, shout out to Moraine. So that's a uh, Timmer seven out of three. So we love improper fractions, but that's okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Timmer, where can people <laughs> find you and everything you're doing? Uh, MRG live, just Google it. <laughs> I think it's MRGlive.com. Um, that's that. And then obviously the support Canadian, uh, venues, uh, stuff. It's CDN venues like at CDN venues on all socials, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And I think YouTube, I want to say YouTube. Um, so yeah, we're just, uh, plugging along there. Um, yeah. <laughs> Lauren, I love Lauren. Lauren, Lauren's, Lauren's, if you ever have a, ch- I don't know if you ever met Lauren. I think you might've met her at the music hall. She's worked a few shows. Possibly. Um, yeah. Yeah. But she's, uh, she's one of my, she's my third favorite coworker. <laughs> Uh, which is you lauren you can decide on who number one and two are uh but (laughs) you're definitely number three uh number one in the heart but uh yeah number three (laughs) i'm glad that she found that as funny as i did but um 
but yeah, and then yeah, just uh, yeah, that's Black it. Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. All go. right, <laughs> that will wrap it up for episode thirty-two of a chat with Matt. Thanks to Timber for joining me. Everybody, go check out MRG Live and at CDN Venues on Instagram. I'll put it in the title of the video. Uh, I got one more episode this week on June 12th. I'll be joined by Ben Andrus. All right, Tom Rosie, later, man. Thanks for coming up. Uh, ben Andrus of Blacktop Records, and that will be the end of that week. And then next week, I got a whole bunch of other shows. And also, thank you to everybody who checked out the Music Hall live stream uh, on Monday. We had a great turnout and great response. Thank you guys so much. I will see you guys on Friday, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with Ben Andrus. Peace out.